Assertiveness skills, non-people pleasing, confidence, self-respect, having high self-esteem, all of that's teachable and learnable. And that's always what I want people to take away is that you can learn these skills and use them. And it's not just like, oh, I'm someone with low self-esteem and confidence and I've always been that way. No, absolutely not. I'm Lindsay. I'm here to teach you proven strategies to be your own therapist that will take you from anxious to relieved. I'm here to help you feel lighter and hopeful while building a life full of meaning. I'm a licensed anxiety therapist running a successful private practice in New York City. So from someone that gives therapy and has been in therapy, I'm here to help you use the formula that moved me forward through serious anxiety in my own life. So follow along as I share what works and what doesn't This is Unlock Your Therapy. Welcome to the Unlock Your Therapy podcast. This is session number 30. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you are having a fantastic week. The weather here in Queens, New York is gorgeous. It is like 76 degrees outside unseasonably warm. Tomorrow is going to be 80. The next day is going to be 80. I am thrilled. I'm soaking it all in. Right after I record this, I'm going to go sit in my backyard and do my tax documents I need to do on my computer if I can see the laptop screen while I'm out there. But I just want to be outside in the sunshine soaking it in even if I have to work. Okay, so today's episode, we have highs and lows. I share my high from the week with you all to just share what's going well, reflect on the week I had, and have gratitude for things that are going well. I also share the low of my week to relate to everybody that we are all human, show the behind the scenes, and not make it some picture-perfect seen here that we all have lows to our week as well, and just to share my personal journey with all of you. Next, after that, we're going to go into anxiety, and anxiety is where we spill the tea on a hot topic in the media, in the news, in research, something going on in society right now. And this week, I have something related to Instagram, influencers, And I'm going to touch on that hot topic in just a moment. After that, we're getting into skill of the week. And I give a personal example of how I use assertiveness at my children's school. And assertiveness is difficult for me because if it involves confrontation, that is something that is challenging for me to do. So it's always something I'm working on, which is why I have the No More People Pleasing course coming out soon. That's the first course I'm launching from Unlock Your Therapy because it's a personal struggle for me. And I've done so much work on my own confidence and self-esteem that I wanted to share all of that with you personally and everything I've learned skill-wise, concrete things to do, scripts and words to use from 13 years of therapy training I have. So it's very clinically evidence-focused, things that really are research-proven to work and be effective, as well as my personal take on it because I've been in it and now I'm 
I'll say on the other side of it, but it still is a constant battle for me to be more assertive in my life. And so I have an example for that. The skill of the week is how to practice that as well. And about boundaries versus requests. We'll get into that. Action item of the week is something related to the skill of the week. We'll talk about it. Okay, let's get into the episode. My low, I'll start with my low, is just sleep with my three and a half year old. Is a continuous struggle. A lot of days are okay and better. And then we have hiccups that are challenging for bedtime behaviors. That is my low because I'm just keeping it real with you. That might be my low every week until he's like eight. I'm not sure if you're a mom and you have kids older than three, let me know. (laughs) But we're getting through it. But that is my low because we had a few nights this week that were just difficult. I will say once he goes to sleep, he never wakes up. He sleeps through the whole night and he sleeps in late too. He wakes up at like 8.30 naturally. And for school, I let him sleep till about eight o'clock before we have to leave for school. So I have a feeling that's related to his bedtime. I think he's just not that tired at 9 p.m. when I put him in his bed. And then it just goes into a whole thing to drag out bedtime. But we're working on it. I I have some, I, my, I myself have bought in courses to help learn skills to use with him from a sleep training therapist. That's been great. Um, If you need help with sleep for your kid, let me know. Just send me an Instagram message at unlockyourtherapy, or you can email me, lindsay at unlockyourtherapy.com. And I'll share with you who I bought a course from. And it's actually like a ebook guide. I think she has a course, but I bought the ebook guide. And I also bought her membership to her Facebook group. So I can just have a community of moms that help support me at all times. And it's been great. It's been really helpful. And her suggestions have actually worked. Okay, anyway, segueing into my hive the week is this gorgeous weather. I'm loving it. And also this week is more laid back, which I'm really enjoying. Carson is on spring break technically. He's in 3K, but he follows the New York City public school calendar. So he's technically off of school this week, but his school offers all these fun play days I can sign him up for during school break. So I signed him up for a few days this week, not every day. This way he can be home and we're going to do something really fun tomorrow. I think we're going to go to the zoo together, just me and him. Everett has school all week because he's in their daycare part of the school. So it's just been nice and relaxed. Like I've been getting them to school later in the morning. I pick them up at 3.30 instead of 5.30. We're playing out in the backyard when we get home. It's just a more relaxed vibe and I'm loving it. I've been fitting in work in between and it's it's going well. The weather's really helping. So that's my high as well as I'm going to Vermont Friday this week, weekend, with one of my really good friends. And I'm so excited because we're going to be there for three days at the Vermont house that we purchased and turned into an Airbnb. But it'll be nice because this will be the first time I get to enjoy the house and not, I mean, I am bringing a lot of stuff to add to the Airbnb experience and spruce up the house even more, but it will be really the first weekend I get to go there. 
as a guest myself and enjoy it and have fun. And it's the first full weekend I'll be away from my kids ever. I've never spent more than one night away from Carson. And I've never spent a night away from Everett. So (laughs) they'll just be home with Dan. So it's not like a huge deal. But I am excited for that as well as nervous because Carson's very attached to me. But I know he'll be fine. He'll be good for both of us. Okay, segueing into anxiety. Today, we're going to spill the tea on comparisons. Comparing yourself to people you see on social media. I think I've touched on this before in an episode, but I really wanted to touch on this again because I hear a lot of people doing that. They compare themselves to what they see on social media and influencers on Instagram or wherever, whatever social media you have, right? Or you maybe are comparing yourself to other people you see out and about in the world or other people you know friends you have, it's easy to compare, right? Like when I drop my kids off at school, I see other moms. I see, oh, this mom is all dressed up and she's very put together in the morning. I am not put together in the morning when I drop off my kids. I drop them off. Then I come home and get ready because I work at home. So I have the luxury of doing that. But I might compare myself to another mom who's all put together because she has to go to work right after. So with comparisons, there's always a flip side to the coin that there's something that maybe is not going as well for them, even though what you're comparing is like maybe their highlight reel, right? So there's that saying, don't compare your blooper reel to their highlight reel. On Instagram, I follow a lot of influencers on Instagram. I enjoy watching their stories. I feel like it's like a reality show on my phone every day. It keeps me entertained in a little downtime, gives me a little pleasure a little hit of dopamine throughout my day. I do that. That might seem whatever, but I fully enjoy following certain Instagram influencers and following their lives. And often you see them and they have little kids. Well, the ones I follow have little kids and they're all together, right? They put their makeup on, their hair is done. Their houses are these beautiful houses. I follow a lot of people who live in Nashville for some reason or in. Utah or Texas. So these are a few places that a lot of these influencers live. They have these massive houses. They're gorgeous. They show you their kids, their husband, their family. They're making all this money being an influencer. They're taking all these trips that are paid for, zipping all over the place. But they never show you like that they have a cleaning lady or a cleaning person. Maybe they're not a lady. Or a babysitter or a nanny or someone taking care of their lawn or their yard or whatever it is, right? And also I follow business coaches and business people on Instagram as well. For them, I'll see them say, oh, I have a seven-figure business. I have blah, 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 blah. Okay, over like 10 years, yes, they've brought in seven figures of revenue. But how much of that have they made in profit? Probably not seven figures at all. Like when you watch Shark Tank, they talk about these companies and they brought in this revenue and they always ask, what did you profit off of that? Sometimes they'll say nothing, negative. Sometimes they'll say uh, 50 grand, right? And they brought in a million dollars and they're spending all that million dollars back into the company on ads or bringing money into the company. 
So it's all how you present, right? Even in business, I could, you could say, Oh, I have a seven figure business. Okay. But how much did you pay in taxes? How much did you pay in payroll? How much did you pay in ads? How much did you spend in your business licenses, malpractice insurance, et cetera? You're not bringing that in as profit. You're not a millionaire. So it's easy to say, Oh, I have this amount of money type business. Okay. But that doesn't tell you any information. They just brought that amount of revenue in. That might have went right back out the door to payroll or right back out the door to their employees. Doesn't mean they made that much, but it's all about how you present the information. And people want to present you the shiny side of the coin. They want to present you how it looks best. And there's no fault in that. I do too. I want to present the best I can, especially on a business page or when I'm talking about my services or whatever. Same for motherhood, right? If you're around other moms who you don't exactly know, you're not going to like spill all the tea about how hard things are or how you have financial issues or how you were fighting with your husband or how your kids are driving you insane or you're depressed or anxious or right. You're not going to show the negative side, you're going to try to show the best side. Like, oh, my kids are washed clean, brand new clothes for this play day. We're all looking good. We're smiling and happy. And the other person might look at you and compare themselves like, oh, wow, they really have it all together. You know, how many times do you see on Facebook, people share about their family? And then a few years later, you, sh- you see they're divorced or you see something else come out. Same with celebrities, right? You see people breaking up, ending relationships, but A month ago, you saw these shiny pictures of them looking happy. So it's all about comparison. So I just want people to think of when you feel yourself comparing yourself to others, just think that they have different things going on. They have different struggles, probably different things in place. They have a different amount of time to dedicate to that. Um, I don't know if you're envious of someone who is in great physical shape, like, okay, but you do things that are within your time frame that you can do for your life. It doesn't always fit. That person might do that for a living. You know what I mean? Versus I do something else for a living and that's just a hobby that I can fit in. So people's lives just look very different. And people might be doing one area of life great and a different area of life not so great. But you're not going to see the other areas, right? So you're not going to see that, hey, you take really good care of your finances. Someone else Yeah, they might have a big house or different things that you might envy. Like, wow, they have so much, but maybe they're in debt. Maybe they're struggling a bit. Maybe they're like really stressed out to make ends meet each month to have that lifestyle. And that's just, those are just personal choices. There's no judgment. This isn't to say you should judge other people or yourself. It's just to think when you have that twinge of, oh, like they have it all together and I don't, whoever you're comparing with. Just remember there's another side to that that you're not seeing. And I bet other areas of your life are more full or fulfilled in the way you want them to be and that other people don't have those fulfilled. There's always areas of everyone's life where it's not perfect, right? It's like Swiss cheese, like a slice of Swiss cheese. There's holes in different areas as is normal, but we're always comparing the part that's solid for someone else to maybe the part that's like a hole in the cheese for us. So I just wanted to put that out there, not to compare and to think it through if you're comparing. 
So let's get into skill of the week. So skill of the week is about boundaries and assertiveness. Now in my e-course that's coming out very soon, I talk about the exact skills you need and the scripts to say, and even how exactly to assess in which scenario and with which people you should use which skills and which scripts. So it's really cool because you might say, well, how do I know when I say that? Or how do I know when to be more assertive or less assertive? There's ways to assess that based on who is the person you're looking to talk to about a problem. Is it someone you're close with and the relationship is really important to you? Is it someone you you don't know very well and the objective is the most important to you? Getting that need met that you're asking for is really the most important, not the relationship. You want to be respectful, but it's not necessarily the most important part. The third is your self-dignity or self-respect. If that's most important because this is a values issue, a self-dignity issue, then that's your priority in the interaction, not the relationship and not getting a certain objective map, but how you're going to feel about yourself after that interaction is over. So those are the three categories. And then I have different skills and scripts that I give you based on all of those. Now, I just read a quote that said, you don't have control over requests you make. If you're making a request of somebody, you have no control over if they respect that request, how they're going to answer that request, if they're going to do it or not. A boundary is a hard line that you're setting and you control that boundary. So you're in charge of putting up that boundary So it's a hard rule and nobody can cross it because you're in control of that. So I loved that example. I thought that was great. That goes right along with assertiveness and confidence and self-esteem building, not people pleasing, right? I thought that was an amazing quote. I think Miranda shared that quote on Instagram. Miranda used to work for my practice and she has her own private practice now. You should go check her out. I could link her in my show notes. Miranda Malone, I will have her on the podcast one day. And she shared that quote. And I thought that was great, like right in line with what I want to talk about today. So talking about boundaries and requests. So I'll give you two examples. The way I have implemented a boundary is there's certain people in our family that have limitations, right? And those limitations show up in our interactions with them. And it may or may not be their fault that they have these limitations. and our hard boundary that we have to set with certain people is that we don't have them inside of our home anymore because it's just too difficult, right? The family relationship is difficult or they're having personal issues that are just too difficult to have that level of intimacy, right? So have someone in your home with your children is a very intimate level. And if you're not comfortable with that level of interaction, You can have boundaries, not requests. You make requests maybe the first few times and see if they're able to give you those requests. But if not, you have to then put up a hard boundary. So our hard boundary with certain people is that we will see them with our children only outside of our home. It makes it easier when the weather's nicer, like a a playground, a park. We go hiking a lot. We always invite those family members or those people to places like that. Because when you're outdoors, it diffuses any other tension or personal issues they might be having. And the focus is on an activity you're doing versus just being 
inside your home, which is very personal and just kind of your daily routine. You're scheduling time out to go to the playground, go to a park, do some activity together. And that's already different, right? Because it's not just in the middle of your week or in the middle of a work day, which is stressful with the little ones and routine, and then stressful to have someone over your home who might be struggling. So that's one thing. And then to, or to go to out to eat possibly at a restaurant because you're in a public place. It also diffuses tension. It doesn't allow tensions to rise too high because you're in a public place. So even if that person's having an issue or something comes up for them, it's a public setting. And the focus again is on an activity like eating food. It's time limited. It has a natural beginning, middle and end. And it's not lingering. Right. So with people that you struggle with, you might want a relationship with them and you might want your children to have a relationship with them, but you need some limitations or boundaries around it. That's a really good technique to use because for an hour, an hour and a half, typically you can have a nice interaction with somebody, even if they're having a difficult time or you have a difficult relationship or it's just not, it's not the easiest. For an hour and a half, it usually, limits tension. It limits the ability to get to a tense place. When you invite someone into your home, there's no end time to that. And it can go on for hours, right? They could be over for hours. And then eventually maybe tensions come up or topics come up that are too difficult. So the hard boundary we have is no one in our home that we don't just have a purely organic, positive relationship with. So doing outdoor activities or having a meal outside is our solution to that. And also for holidays, we have a hard rule about holidays of not spending holidays with people that are not just going to have a positive effect on our children and no tension around them. So these are just hard boundaries that we've had to put up and it changes as you get older, I think. I see a lot of clients who are in their 20s, becoming 30. And I think that's the time frame that a lot of people, a lot of adults are looking to put up those boundaries because they're seeing as they get older and they're living on their own or they're just having their own world, their own family going on, they're developing their own sense of self, sense of home, whatever that looks like. They have more boundaries around people around them. And I think that's a healthy thing. And I think as people have their own children, it also puts up another thought process to have even more boundaries to protect your children or your home or your family or your space or your energy or your mental health, right? And all these things are totally valid. I had a session with someone recently too, and they asked me if they should feel bad because they have a child and they have to put up more boundaries or not show up as much for friends. And I said, absolutely not. Those are boundaries you need to put up in place because you only have a certain amount of time and energy to give and support into people. And you have to conserve that when you have your own little tiny human to keep alive <laughs> and you're working full time and you're doing all the things and then you want to self-care and you can have friendships, but it may not be the same level that they're used to. And there might be pushback from them around that if they don't understand. And it's okay they don't understand, right? And you have to let that be okay too. They may not understand. They may not be happy about it. But that's what boundaries are. They're there regardless of how the other person feels. 
Okay, now my assertiveness share. I had to be assertive with my children's school, which is often the place I have to be assertive just because of, you know, it may not be big things like small things, but I have to be assertive or address something or bring it up or explain how I wasn't okay with the way something occurred or whatever it is, right? And I won't get too detailed, but I was signing up Carson for something with school and they had this policy that wasn't explained and they didn't tell me at all that he could possibly be bumped from a program that I was signing him up for if other kids signed up for the full program that he would get bumped. Even though I signed up early, I gave them money, a deposit, et cetera. So I signed up and I confirmed that he was secure in his spot. He wouldn't get bumped. They told me a few parameters, so I adjusted what I signed him up for with those rules given to me. Okay, no problem. I understand. I'll just sign him up for XYZ. Then I get a phone call that it looks like he probably is going to get bumped from a program I signed him up for because other kids signed up for the full term. And obviously, they want more money. They want kids who sign up for the full thing. And anyone signing up for part of it is going to get bumped. So I wasn't okay with this because they... The workers I registered him with, I specifically asked all these questions. I had a whole long conversation with them, friendly conversation, and it was clear that I wouldn't sign him up if that were the case. And then I get a call that, oh, he's going to get bumped. Oh, yeah, don't you understand the rules? So I had to bring this to the director. And that's very uncomfortable for me. Number one, I don't know her very well. And I had to have a meeting with her. And I was thinking about it so much and dreading it that I even had a dream about it. I had a dream that I had to confront her and talk to her about this and have this conversation with her. And I'll tell you, I was tempted to just let it go. But luckily, my best friend is extremely assertive. And she was like, no, you need to tell them what's what. Like, you need to tell them, like, that's not what you were told. And you expect him to have a spot. And that's it should be secured. So I was like, okay. (laughs) You know that reel on Instagram that's like, talk to me, I talk back. That's my best friend. She tagged me in that because that is her and me. (laughs) I'm the passive one that is squeamy about confrontation. And she is the assertive one that is like, "Uh, absolutely not. And she also runs a a daycare center. So she knows how these things go. And I was like, okay. So she encouraged me and I had a conversation with the director. And the director, she was kind of sticking to her policies. I think she probably gets a lot of parents that push back against things or don't understand the rules or things that were said. So I think she thought it was a misunderstanding on my part, but I was, I had to explain the story and. You know, at the end of it, she kind of said that no one's getting bumped yet and she's doing everything she can to ensure that doesn't happen. And she's sorry that I was given the wrong information. So even though it wasn't resolved, like she didn't say your child absolutely won't get bumped because you were given the wrong information. I apologize so much. It wasn't that extent, but at least she heard me. She acknowledged that I was given the wrong information and I was able to speak up and share and have my voice be heard on behalf of my child. And that's what's the most important, right? In that conversation, I had a feeling it wouldn't be resolved of like, she's going to change her policy or anything. And I wasn't sure she'd be that apologetic, to be honest. 
And I was right. Like it wasn't resolved in that she took action to, you know, give me what I was told. But it was more about the objective as well as my self-dignity because I'm always practicing being assertive for myself and speaking up for myself and not getting walked on and making sure I have boundaries in place with people and that those boundaries aren't crossed. And so that's what it was more about, as well as I want them to know that they can't give misinformation or take my kid out of something once I sign up, right? And this isn't free. This is a lot of money I'm talking about too. So it was more about letting them know, like, I have an eye on things. I'm here all the time communicating. I sign up for like everything (laughs) with them. So I just wanted it to be known as well that like, hey, I'm very aware of everything going on and you guys messed up. I just want you to be aware you messed up and you gave me misinformation and that really affected my plans. So it had many objectives, I'll say. And all of that, what I did in that example is exactly what's taught in my course, like scripted. I actually thought of the script that I use in the course that I teach to people for how to be assertive, how to speak up about a topic while being respectful, maintaining the relationship, how to build yourself up to do that. And I go through that in my head. Like I have to go through that. It doesn't come natural to me, but assertiveness skills, non-people pleasing, confidence, self-respect, having high self-esteem, all of that's teachable and learnable. And that's always what I want people to take away is that you can learn these skills and use them And it's not just like, oh, I'm someone with low self-esteem and confidence and I've always been that way. No, absolutely not. I actually have no problem (laughs) with self-esteem and confidence. And sometimes people find that off-putting to say out loud, but I really don't. I think really highly of myself, but I do have a problem with speaking up in confrontation with other people. I shy away from that whenever possible. (laughs) So... I think it's helpful to have all those skills given to you and to learn them and continue to remind yourself of them, which is also why I like courses because it teaches you the skill and it's there to come back to. It's literally a script. You plug in your scenario into my template and forms and worksheets and you apply it directly to whatever your problem is that you're having and you walk yourself through the whole script and tailoring it to your scenario. And then you get to walk away with this whole script you have. You can put it on your phone. You could do whatever you want with it. That is literally what to say to a person, regardless of the situation. So that goes right into action item of the week. Your action item of the week is to think about something you need to be more assertive around or a boundary around, to hold a boundary. Maybe you had a boundary around it and you softened it up a bit. I do that often is I'll put a hard boundary and then as time wears on, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll give this person a chance again and we'll see how it goes. It's been some time. And I'm usually wrong to do that. I'm I'm usually very quickly shown that that was a mistake to do. So often I need to think of my boundaries and tighten them up again. And make them more firm. So if there's a boundary that you've let soften or maybe a boundary you need to put in place and stop requesting things from other people, but put up boundaries with others instead, that's your action item of the week. Or it can be something you need to be more assertive about or making a request from someone else. 
I'm going to be having a masterclass soon all about this topic, and I'm going to give away some free, really valuable information. So if you're interested, DM me on Instagram at Unlock Your Therapy, the word masterclass, and I'll send you the information for that. So you'll get a free class about all of this and those scripts I'm talking about. You'll get all the information you need as well as information about the course coming out. So I hope this was helpful for everybody. That's a wrap for today. I'll talk to you all next week.